Welcome to What's Good Under the Hood. Once the smoke clears, we will get underway. It's What's Good Under the Hood. Greg Hood in the top corner, opposite of Rob Sanders. Greg Hood, of course, owner of Mazda of Columbia, which now you have a new non-permanent location. We'll talk about that in a second. No, it's used, new and used together. It's a used location. It's a new, while you rebuild a new one or rebuild the old one into the new one. Correct. And opposite of him, Rob Sanders from Fox Sports Radio 1400, WCOS AM. I'm I'm, I'm jacked about the... uh, I'm sorry, Andy, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, you're good. Andy, Andy's important. Work. Yeah, he, he works for 97.5 WCOS-FM in Columbia. Very not important. But I'm looking forward to the new dealership because uh, Greg said they're going to have sandwiches. I can buy sandwiches there. I'm very happy about You're that. You're going to have sandwiches? We are. Be, I thought there's going to be a machine. I can buy me. For, for, for. No, nothing like, a, like a chicken salad sandwich. That's what I'm going to do. I never said there was going to be a chicken salad sandwich. I can't put in a request for that. I have I have no weight on this show. I want a chicken salad sandwich in that machine. I mean, they're going to put all these other things in there. They'll probably have egg salad and tuna salad. Uh, I like chicken salad, uh, sir. Just for right. you, I will call the chicken salad chick and have some delivered. We'll make Very sure good. It's done right. Well, so you I will want not some be chicken salad. Yeah, uh, that's going to be kind of cool. I'm looking forward to that. I'm it's going to be. I am. Cool I'm excited about the new dealership in general. I mean, the renderings of what it's going to be are fantastic, and um, you know, it'll be a good customer experience. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And give it give the address because you're on the corner where people used to cut through. Now you've cut no. off their cut off, cut through. People like you cut through, <laughs> and now have ruined your life. No, we're right at 100 Greystone, so we're right on the corner of Greystone and Broad River. We actually face Broad River, which is goofy. The post office must have been sleeping or something when they did that, but uh, it was an old Heilig Myers uh, warehouse, or you know, furniture store years ago, and, and what's amazing, everybody walks through there and goes, holy moly, I had no idea this place was so big. It's 22,000 square feet. So just wide open. So we got all we got cars parked in there and, you know, sales desk and offices and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. It's kind of neat. That's going to be so all cool. new Mazda of Columbia with Greg Hood old, at the helm. Summer. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Right, we're going to jump right. right in to what's good under the hood. The podcast, should you refinance your car? What? I mean, first of all, the reasons people would and then if they should or not, maybe. Um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to. I, I think the really question, really question. I think a really good question would be, um, where were they in the first place? Why did they have a, a rate issue? Um, generally, people kind of get the rate that they're uh, deserving of based upon their history. But if I think the things to make people refinance refinance a car which are good is when they have uh, had bad credit or struggling and they're paying a high interest rate. And they've got a chance to uh, get a payment that's a little more under control so they don't find themselves in jeopardy of losing an automobile. And I think the worst thing that happens, you know, we see people now uh, where they'll come in with two and three repos on their credit bureau. That's a little hard to get somebody financed because I think the message to the bank is very clear. That's not a priority, you know, uh, you know, their car. So, um well, I, I don't know what the reasons are behind it, but when you take on and, and the real problem is it's hard. Um, I made this statement once I had a business failure in my past and I struggled and it hurt my credit. And I'm going to tell you something, getting yourself back on your feet is very, very expensive. 
um, and you got to bite the bullet. But a lot of these people don't have the ability to make much money. They don't make much and they're biting off really big car payments. So, yeah, that's something they need to work toward uh, so they can get it down. But generally, when you people buy a car and they've got good credit, they know they're going to get a good rate and vice of, you know, their bad credit. They know they're going to get a bad rate. But I think it should be more driven by that. So I was in a lease at one point and near the end of the lease, it's like, man, I've got equity in the car. So I went ahead and bought it. I refinanced that way. That yeah, a- we, don't, we don't like you when you do that. We like you to come in and get another one. Oh, is that not a good idea? I wonder why they were not smiling at me when I came <laughs> no, in. There's no <laughs> win in that for us. We want to say, hey, the best part about leasing for uh, the manufacturer and for the dealer is that we're going to see you every three years. If you do a three-year lease or two-year lease, whatever it happens to be, we want to see you. Every- and let's talk about leasing because I think it's interesting. At least if they had changed the name somewhere along the way, uh, it would probably not be a bad thing, but years what would you ago, call it otherwise, what would you call it instead of a lease? Well, I don't know. And it's kind of irrelevant because they're not changing the name, but they're called consumer leases. Now in the old days, there were open end leases and closed end leases and an open end lease is exactly what it says. It was open-ended. So what would happen is the residual on the car, meaning what it's worth at the end of the term was calculated uh, based upon some actuarial number that was given. And at the end of the term, the guy would come in and go, okay, well, I want to get out of my car. And then the used car manager would look at it and go, well, it's worth four grand. He said, well, no, the residuals eight. Yeah, I know you owe us four grand. So nobody got excited about that. Let me tell you something. They got excited. They got excited the wrong way because they realized they're in trouble even after they had this agreement. So those were years ago. I'm I'm talking going back to 1980. Um, Then they kind of shifted to a close in. So things were set in stone. And then moving forward, now they have consumer leases. And the thing about them is, is terrific. It's terrific for the consumer. And it's actually pretty good for us because um, it's a lot more transparent. But the key is, and, and we don't have heat from that. You know, we would you do and why'd we do this? And, you know, it, it used to be a big mystery. Everything is clearly on a contract. And the best part about leasing a car is if you go out and you finance a car for five years or six years, you're leasing that car from yourself. You never owned that car. You miss one payment, I promise you, the bank will come get it. You know, not one, three. Miss three, they'll come and get it. So you didn't own that thing to begin with. So when you finance it over a five or six year period, but you're somebody that typically trades a car every two to three years, and that's normal. That's most people want to trade their car by the third year. When you're getting into that situation, um, you're taking all the risk of what that value is at the end. So now when you look at a lease, you've got a number at the end, you say, my car is going to be worth $15,300. And everybody immediately goes to, well, what if I put a bunch of miles on it? Well, if you buy it and you put a bunch of miles on it, it's worth even less because the blue book hits at about 25 cents a mile. And generally a lease is somewhere between 15 and 20. And so you take your best guesstimate off your last car of how many miles a year you drive. And sometimes things change. But if you're going to wear out their piece of equipment, you're going to have to pay the difference between the two if you just all of a sudden start driving a bajillion miles every year. So leasing has a lot of advantages to it. There's a guaranteed number of what the car is worth at the end. And like you said, and it's happening a lot now, we're seeing people coming into the end of their term and they've actually got equity in the car. That never happened before. So I'm going to go way back in my history. I remember I was working at a Lincoln Mercury store and I think it was 1987, 88. I know, long time ago. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Anyway, so we had, there was a 
terminology we used back then. We called it a hit figure. It was a starting figure on a car. And everybody wants to negotiate both ways, what your trade's worth, what your car's worth, all that stuff. But that was an internal term we used. And so a guy came in and he had a year and a half old Audi 5000. And Audi 5000 is the reason that you now put your foot on the brake before you put your car in gear because they had a thing 60 minutes in expose and just destroyed Audi because they said they had sudden acceleration problems. And it turns out, if I remember correctly, that they had actually just moved the brake pedal over about a quarter of an inch and people were missing the corner of it and thinking they're on the brake and they're full throttle and going through a wall. <laughs> My mom did that. Well, then she there you was she the, driving. She, she yeah. drove she drove into the garage. She's gonna kill me if she ever yeah. sees or hears people this. She was driving anyway, into yeah. the garage. And instead of and the water heater was on the other side of the wall, garage here, water heater on the other side of the wall. She hit the gas instead of the brake oh. and and nailed the wall, knocks the water heater over. It's <laughs> like Joan. <laughs> well, you know, it was convenient though, is after she did that, your dad was a dentist, correct? Yeah. So when he, after he gave her new dental plan, he could fix her teeth. <laughs> he was mad at her for doing that. Anyway, let me tell my story. Right. So at 86 uh, Audi 5000, um, the value of the car just dropped to nothing. I mean, it plummeted as soon as 60 Minutes did this thing. And they were claiming that Audi caused this problem and it was internal in the engine because some people had been killed and ruined their cars and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I sympathize with that, but it turned out that wasn't the problem. But by putting your foot on the brake now, then putting your car in gear, it didn't that that part went away. Anyway, nonetheless. So I went into Randy Kent was his name. He was my sales manager, a great guy. And I walked in and I said, uh, now remember, this car cost about thirty six grand brand new. And it's a year and a half old. So I walked in there. I said, hey, Randy, I got a 86 Audi 5000. And I said, I need uh, a hit figure on it. And he says, two grand. I mean, just bam, comes out of his mouth. I went, two grand? And he said, yeah. I go, the guy just paid 36000 bucks for it a year and a half ago. And he goes, well, what do you think it's worth? I go, it's got to be worth at least five. He goes, you give me five for it? I go, no. <laughs> he said, two grand. <laughs> so I walked in there and I, you know, you have to kind of pull up your britches pretty far to go in and tell a customer that. Of course, I told him and, you know, he gave me the finger and ran out the door and was mad. And, you know, and I, there's no way to turn that around. I didn't do it. I didn't buy the Audi 5000, but flip that around. Had he leased that car and that value had plummeted at the end of that term, he could have just handed the keys back. Here you go. Thank you very much. And he wouldn't have got throttled. But he the dealership actually got throttled on it. It would have gotten throttled. No, on not, that, no the, the manufacturer or the who the leasing company, the bank, the lender who made the decision of what the car was worth. But that risk is now pushed off on somebody else. On the flip side of that, you know, in 1983, if you purchased or you leased a Porsche 911 SC, um, you know, I think the residuals at the end of the 36 month on those were like 13 or 15 grand. Hell, that car's probably bringing 45, 50,000 right now. And at the worst of the worst, they were worth 20. So that guy was protected the whole time. And the, but you've got one option there you wouldn't normally do. So I can either hand the keys back, sell it myself, trade it in, or do what you did and finance it and keep the car. When you purchase the car, all you've got is trade it in, sell it yourself, or die in it until you're no longer 
upside down beyond belief because the car was driving through walls. I mean, that's what I can tell you. But leasing isn't bad. And everybody assumes that it is. I've leased a lot of cars. I'm in the car business. And I'll tell you, um, I don't I think if you look at it properly and you do the math on it, they're really pretty even. And the next thing is there's a lot of they call them subvented leases. So if you're looking for a car and you want to uh, look for a great deal on a car, sometimes the manufacturer will buy down a rate to make sure that the money factor that they use is low or they'll prop up the residual value of the car a little bit. And that means you're only paying for the part of the car you use. So what makes up a lease is paying interest on the whole amount of the car and then dividing the depreciation that's calculated evenly amongst that 24 or 36 or 48 months, whatever it happens to be. And then what is left is the residual. That's the gap. That's the part you don't pay for. So in my opinion, pretty darn good deal. I know we got a little off subject there, but I think it's important for people to understand that. I'm going to get off subject again, unless Rob has a better question. Speaking of the word gap, gap insurance, good idea. Wasn't there a gap band or something like that? I don't know. Early in the morning. Remember? Yep. Remember, remember the gap band? Yep. Um, ah. Is there? Do you want me to talk about gap insurance? Yeah. Gap insurance is the insurance that you buy that makes up the difference between what the car's actual value is and what your insurance company is willing to pay when the car is is destroyed, you know, if it gets totaled. Insurance companies are a little ruthless, in my personal opinion. I have no problem talking bad about insurance companies. They drive me nuts. Well, they and expect they, you to talk bad about them. They are insurance well, companies. I, I think so. But, you know, their their job is to settle as quick as they can and not give anybody a chance to think. People think we're bad. Um, but when it comes to uh, paying off a vehicle, you know, they have figured out um, that, you know, if they say, hey, I looked in the blue book, it's worth X amount of bucks. It's not our fault you paid too much for it. It's not our fault you rolled your last car deal uh, that you were upside down in into this car. And I get that part of it. You know, they don't want to pay for your last three cars that you, you know, got out of it every 24 months and kept rolling negative equity into um, but gap insurance is there to cover the gap between what the insurance company is willing to pay in case of a total loss and uh, and the actual or what you owe. So, right, you're, but you're is, is it is it a good is it a good idea to have it? Well, it depends on your position of the car. It's kind of like um, uh, insurance on your home. You know, you have. Uh, they make you have mortgage insurance if you're less than an eighty per, or more than an eighty percent loan to value. So. The car is the same way. I mean, you can't predict what's going to happen in the future of the value of the car, just like I talked about earlier. However, um, you know, in the case of most people, you know, you drive your car, a lot of them don't take great care of them. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And yeah, it's, I think it's a good thing. I mean, we have to, it's really kind of case by case. I mean, if you put 10 grand down on a car, you don't need gap insurance. I mean, I would, I, if one of my guys sold it to somebody when they put 10 grand down, I'd have a problem. Well, yeah. Looking out for your Ethic. customers. Ethic. Ethic. Yeah, ethics. That's kind of shocked you there, Andy. God, that's why I, <laughs> I, saying, I saw the eyebrows does, go up. No, really listen, does I, care. I do care. I don't allow that kind of shenanigans. I mean, you know, we have we have people that have jobs to do and they get paid on commissions. And, and you want to hope that your people are doing the right thing. I, I think the people that I have working for me now do. I mean, there's been a couple times I've had to check them up a little bit because I'm like, eh, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that was really. Uh, I, I'll give you an example. We had a, um, and we fixed it. I fixed it when I found out, but you know, we, a guy sold a powertrain warranty 
on a car that didn't need a powertrain warranty. I mean, you don't do that, but it happens. And I mean, there's, there's just poor judgment sometimes happens everywhere. And I'm not trying to tell my laundry, but I fixed it. So it wasn't like I left the customer out there hanging out there to dry. And it wasn't at this dealership. It was before, but you've almost said you didn't leave the country. <laughs> I didn't leave the country. Now, if I put the drivetrain on the thing and you know, they paid for it, I would have left the country. No, I just, I just don't do stuff like that. It's just not worth it. It's kind of like, here's another one, you know, they, they think that uh, everybody's a liar in the car business. And I always tell people, I said, you know, we don't lie to customers. And the reason why, you have to sell it more than once. I mean, I'd like to sell a car, be done with it, have a great experience. Everybody goes on with their life and they come back and buy another one. If you're going to lie to them, you're going to keep reclosing, reclosing, reclosing. And it just never ends well. We, we don't have time for that. We, we want to sell more cars and get on with our life than have people angry at us. Well, the return the return folks are are important too. I mean, you you know, we talked in our last episode about uh, building a brand and things like that. I mean, uh, I know with me, I just have a mentality of, hey, I'm going to go here to get X, Y, and Z of whatever I'm trying mm-hmm. to buy. I mean, people have that kind of uh, thought with with car dealerships too. Would you agree? Well, they do. I mean, familiarity is really important. I I think that if you look at people that go get their hair cut. Um, we'll take Andy out of the equation, but he goes to the right place because they have booze Certainly and they, they, they lube him up, but before he gets his haircut, but in, in the normal sense, when you, and I don't get my haircut either, but when you go to get your haircut, normally you go to the same place. I mean, it's a pretty common thing. I remember years ago, you know, kind of searching around, you go looking at supercuts, and I don't like the way that looks and you move on. But once you find somebody, you kind of lock in and you go there because there's a comfort level in doing business with them. If they do good business, you like to continue that relationship. And so, yeah, retention for us is everything. And, you know, we don't always do it right. And I I know we just piss people off sometimes. We just are boneheads. But it happens. And the best thing I can do is when I find out is try and fix it or make up for it. But I think um, you make the relationship better and deeper when you do get to a point. I mean, mistakes well, are made. you're correct. Your mis- correct. Mistakes are made. And when you fess up to them and fix them, that really almost brings you closer together and 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 makes the relationship better. It does. And I think one of the things I always extend customers uh, when I fix their problem and then we're done, I say, okay, now you have my contact information. I want your next experience to be great um, and make sure that you contact me first before you come in. So if you're coming in for service and we had a problem before, contact me so I can make sure I walk it through and you're attended to properly. I mean, I should I guess I should feel that way about everybody, but most of the time we do it right. What I don't want to do is double down and have screw it up two times. Um, a lot of times when it comes from me toward uh, people that I work with, they're going to take it a little more seriously because I have a little bit of weight. Uh, in, I'm speaking of weight, I've lost a little bit. Don't please. Thank you. Thank you. You just so, left that wide I, open. I got, I, got more to, I got more to go, though. Don't worry. I'm, I'm down 31 pounds, so I feel pretty good. Good for you, it. dude. Yeah. So I, I went from super fat to just fat. So it's all good. But. Uh, my point is, is that, you know, there's I will always uh, try and make sure that we continue that relationship and, and try and fix the damage that's been done. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes people are not understanding of the fact that um, we make mistakes. They obviously don't. <laughs> so it's just the way it happens. Greg Hood, owner of Mazda of Columbia, Rob Sanders from Fox Sports Radio 1400, and me, Andy Woods from 97.5 WCOS. On the next episode of What's Good Under the Hood, I think we're going to get to Something that's interesting to me, what what the secret to buying a new car or buying an older car on the Internet is. And we'll, we'll try to hit on how do you find a certain car. We're going to do that this episode. We got tied up in other stuff like unique color and model, et cetera. What's good under the hood? Greg Hood. 
Rob Sanders and me, Andy Woods, thanks for listening and or watching. Once again, if you're only listening, you can check it out on the Mazda of Columbia YouTube channel. 